Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Here's what's going to happen. I am going to have to fix you, manage you to on a more personal scale, a, a more micro form of management. What is that called? micro Boom. Yes. It's Mike Shope. What is your name, sir? I am Bill Butlicker. And the Bulldog. Really? That's your real name? How dare you? My family built this country, by the way. It's Mike Shope. The three words I would describe you as is aggressive, yes. hostile, and definitely difficult. And the bulldog. Well, I like the sound of your voice. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Hey, all right. Thanks for hanging with us here on a Tuesday afternoon. I am the Bulldog. Mike Shope has the week off. Nate Geary sitting in for him. Happy to welcome back into the show one of our favorites, Matt Harmon. From uh, Yahoo, Yahoo Fantasy, and Reception Perception, uh, that's where the bread is buttered. Matt, hey, man, good to talk to you again. How are you? Appreciate it, fellas. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, sneaky handsome Mike not here, but very happy to be talking to both you guys today. Uh, it's an exciting time. I love – look, I'm not a sicko. I, I love the real games. I love the actual NFL season. But, hey, the off season is a fun time to stretch our brains out to uh, – to really kind of get into some more kind of complex team building discussions. And, and I love this time of year. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Um, I'm trying to remember, we, we spoke to you pretty recently. I, I remember we talked about digs cause we always think of you cause you, you, I think when the bills were just making that trade, right. As the pandemic was starting, we talked to you and you were just such a fan of digs. This is, you know, going back into the 2020 off season, uh, or the off season before the 2020 season, I should say. Um, and now here we are a few years later, and I, and I know we talked to you recently enough that we asked about is there is there other signs of him like losing it? Like what do you think is happening here? Now we're into the off season, and there's another round of does he like us really? Like I feel like that's what it really comes down to. Like there's a bunch of word salads out there, but really I think for the Bill, Bills fan, the average Bills fan, they're like. Does he like us? Does he like it here? Um, I don't know. Where where are you at on digs as the Bills move into another offseason, knowing that they've got a receiver core that outside of him and the emergence of Shakir, they really probably have a lot of work to do there? Yeah, well, on your last point there, and we can talk more about that here in a second, I, I totally agree with you. Like Whether Diggs is there or not, this receiver room needs work. So the fact that this, you know, kind of cloud, whether, and again, you know, whoever you want to point fingers at to, to who's at fault of it, but, you know, the fact that there's kind of this seemingly annual cloud of, does he like us or what, what's going on? Like, that, that is kind of unfortunate. I, I will say, from my perspective uh, and just my side of this, this whole thing here, 
since we've last spoken, I've actually had a chance to, to sit down and talk to Stefan Diggs about this mm-hmm. at Super Bowl Media uh, Week, and there was a, the video of it on our Yahoo Sports YouTube page. And, and Stefan and I, not not just from an on-field perspective, but you know, he and I have a, a relationship going back years as well, uh, where where we, we we talk you know on a seemingly annual basis, and get to do a lot of this stuff together, which is great. Um, I will say, just from a, a, a personality perspective. He certainly seems to be in a much better mood this year than he was at the Super Bowl media week last year, um, where he was. Then we knew he was coming off of obviously a frustrating loss, frustrating loss in, in this one, this year as well. But mm-hmm. you know where he maybe had like more of a public blow up, more of like a was right. he he left the locker room. There's all those reports. I think some of those frustrations definitely carried into the following months. And then again, look, I'm. I'm I'm not saying like I, I know what's going on in his head or anything like that, but I definitely think from a just a from a person to person standpoint, he was in much better spirits this year really than he was probably this time last year, which I think is you know can can say one thing, it can say another, but uh, I definitely think that that was encouraging to see. Also, I, you know, I, I asked him like the production slips at the end of the season. Um, you know, we've had these conversations before where receiver play isn't always indicative of receiver production and, and vice versa. Uh, from, from his perspective, you know, he was basically saying like, I was just trying to be, you know, just trying to be a good teammate. We had the run game emerging. We had other guys stepping up. Um, you know, obviously he's, a, he, he's realistic about it. It's a, it's a numbers driven business. Like nobody goes to a receiver and says, Hey man, you're really blocking for that running back. Like, let's, let's make sure we get you a raise off that. No, we know that you get a raise off production. So um, I think he obviously wants the ball. He wants to be a part of why they win games. And I think that if he's there next year, which right now, if you ask me today, in this moment, I do expect him to be on this roster next year. I think that Joe Brady, like, I think Joe Brady's a good coach. I, I might have said this to you guys last time, but I don't think Joe Brady came in as the uh, promoted offensive coordinator this year and said, first things first, I got to get my all-pro receiver out of this offense. Like, I don't think that's how it went down. I think you're trying to fix other things, and sometimes, you know, we all know this if we're homeowners, you're trying to fix one thing, another thing kind of goes wrong, and, and it's like these things start to stack up. So I think if Brady's, if Brady's there as the office coordinator next year, if Diggs is back as the receiver, I think we'll probably see a, a more expanded role for him. But, again, to come back to the top of this, no matter what, this receiver still needs work. Right. The room needing work is a key part of why – you know, even at his age and at the salary cap number, like I'm not eager to move on at all because I just don't think the equation makes sense. Like I'm already losing Gabriel Davis. If 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 I could find a way to want to, and look, teams can do it. Teams teams find ways to take on that dead money. It's only three million dollars more than what he'll cost to be here. But then you got to replace him and Gabe Davis, and I, I just don't see any way around that unless they're gonna start playing the wing T or something. So <laughs> yeah. um, I just think financially it doesn't make sense. So I just, I hope that they can sort of stay happily married, I, I guess, for at least another year. Yeah. And look, teams should be able to walk and chew gum at the same time here. Like you should be able to look at your receiver room right now and say, okay, we should be living for the present. We should be uh, trying to make the most of Stefan Diggs for whatever he's got. And frankly, like, I think he has a game that should age well. Like as a technician, as a route runner, like we see these guys last a hell of a lot longer than we do some of these physical specimens who rely purely on their gifts. Like I think about a guy like Des Bryant, and I appreciated Des Bryant's game in his prime. I actually thought he was underrated as a separator, underrated as a guy who got open. 
Um, but I wouldn't have certainly not in Diggs's class in terms of his technical approach to route running. And when it went for Des Bryant, when the physical gift started to erode, I mean, he was, it was over. It was, it was over for Des. And, and, you know, and unfortunately he tore, he took forever to sign with the saints and he tore the Achilles. And, you know, things just went off the rail for his career. You see that with some of these guys that aren't the best technicians and, and, and then the explosiveness starts to go. Like, I, I do think Diggs's game can age well, especially if as he is here and, you know, I think this is one thing, whether, whether, whatever you think of Diggs as a, as a, uh, how he's handled some situations publicly and whatever. I think we all know he's driven by an intense desire uh, to win a Super Bowl. And, and I think it, it, if you can kind of sell to him, like, hey, we want you in a role that's maybe, um, you know, a little different. Like maybe you play more slot receiver, stuff like that, which you did experiment with a little bit at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. I think you could sell him on that. But the key to me, again, is like, again, you should be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. You live for the present, but also they got to start drafting and developing the heir apparent to Stefan Diggs as well as maybe Josh Allen's next number one receiver. I think that's the critical step here. I, I like Khalil Shakir. I do want to just throw that out there mm-hmm. as well. I think he's a part of this future. But after you get past those two guys, Gabe Davis likely gone. It, it's, it's nearing a blank slate from wide receiver three um, to four to five to six. Yeah. I, I What you just said about developing a new number one is why I was eager for them to do this last year. Um, just in anticipation of Davis becoming a free agent and Diggs getting another year older. How do you see Diggs' game? You just said you think it'll age well. Um, you know, we all saw the decline in production, and there are a variety of reasons for that. Um, what, what about him as the technician that he's been? Like, do you see deterioration in his game, or do you think he is still close to what he's been? I, I don't see a lot of deterioration. I think you can maybe tell me that he's not as fast as he was. And this stuff is hard to quantify, even from like a reception perception standpoint. When that's literally what I'm doing is, you know, going in and trying to quantify how open these guys are and where they're running routes from and which routes they're most successful on the zone coverage, man coverage, press coverage, et cetera. It's hard to just say, like, I'm looking at this guy and he looks a step slower than he did last year. Um, I think you could sell me on that, but maybe the verticality in his game, uh, maybe he's not threatening defense as deep as much as he was, but Defenses sure still treated him like he was a number one threat and a guy they were concerned with, whether they were, you know, working on him as a press coverage threat with the safety over the top of that cloud coverage, two man, all that type of stuff. You're still seeing that with Stefan Diggs. So I think they're still treating him that way. I would imagine that, uh, like, again, when I went to, to chart the film in the second half of the season, you see this guy get open a lot and at all three levels. I think there was just some, some drops from him, which, you know, he's, he said in, in, in our conversation, like, if it's my fault, you put it on me. Like if I get too, I think he said it to Cameron Wolf as well. If I get, if I get a hand on it, like I consider it a drop. So like he, he knows that those are missed opportunities on his end. There are also some missed opportunities on Josh's end too, where he, you know, he's open on a post route, a deep dig route, a step on digs, and the ball's just a little bit behind. Like that stuff happens, and sometimes it happens in bunches. To me, I still think that this is a guy that's. Uh, one of the best if, uh, right there in terms of separation, a guy getting himself open, he's still right there to me. Matt, I wanted to ask you about Gabriel Davis, who today kind of posted like what se- seemed like a, a long video, a goodbye tribute uh, yeah. to Bills fans in, in Buffalo. Um, you know, I, I think there is probably a desire by both sides to find a way. I just don't know that there is going to be a way. I, and I, I sort of wonder from your perspective, is this a player that you believe the Bills should be trying to find a way to retain, whether that's coming up with a creative contract or something along those lines, or or do you sort of believe that you know the the relationship and the pairing has sort of you know 
they've, they've gotten, they've extracted a lot of value out of a fourth round pick, getting what they've gotten out of Gabriel Davis. I, I just, I, I know I can tell you how I feel about, you know, where I want this team to go is I'm sort of ready for a, a new name, a, a new piece, a new toy at the, at the wide receiver too. And frankly, I still think a, a lot of talk has been about Gabriel Davis the last couple of seasons. I don't think anyone's talked about they haven't really been able to replace Emmanuel Sanders. Um, That was a guy that I thought really having four receivers like that really made this offense go a couple of seasons ago. But I'm I'm just sort of wondering, like, where are you on the state of Gabriel Davis and and how he projects out this year and where he ends up and what kind of offense he should be in? And is this a guy that the Bills maybe should be at least publicly trying harder to retain? Shoot, man, I think you could argue they've struggled to replace like John Brown. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. and I, I was I was a big John Brown fan uh, back back in his day, uh, which is crazy. It's crazy to say I've been doing this now like ten years with reception perception. That there are guys <laughs> like John Brown, now Robinson, you know, that have like kind of aged out. Uh, it, like it's just, it's crazy, but not, and unfortunate that, that people are still interested all these years later. But uh, you know, I think they they really hit with some of these additions in free agency, like Emmanuel Sanders, another great name to bring up, Cole Beasley. Like I think they were missing Cole Beasley until they kind of finally started to get Khalil Shakir involved as a, as a slot receiver towards the end of the year. Um, but on Gabe Davis specifically, you, you said this so well, that they have extracted a lot of value out of Gabe Davis as a day three draft pick. Um, and I think it's he's almost been a victim of his own success, and, and, and especially in these big moments like I mean, there were legit wars fought on fantasy Twitter going up to the 2022 season about Gabe Davis. And I mean, I, I kind of pride myself on trying to always be a little bit of a centrist in these, in these discussions, because in my opinion, with players like this that are inherently a little bit volatile, um, the, the truth does sort of lie somewhere in the middle there where like when Gabe Davis was first breaking on the scene, reception perception showed like this guy burns, man. Like he, he gets deep down the field, he gets open down the field and he wins in tight covered situations where he's not great though, is separating short and underneath. He's never been that route runner really. And that has not changed in, in much since his rookie season, that role has value. It's just, what do you like? Where do you actually from a dollars and cents standpoint? Now he's got hit to hit for agency. Number one, where do you value that? And two, when we're trying to grow and expand our offense in Buffalo, um, how much value does that have? When I I think to me as a three, as like a complimentary receiver, I would love to have a guy like a Gabe Davis who can stretch the field vertically and can win down the field. The problem is when he is lining up as your every down like number two receiver, there is a limitation there that's hard to get around, especially when um, teams are trying to take away your number one and Stephon Diggs. And prior to this year, where I, they got a lot out of Kincaid, and again, late in the year, they got a lot out of Khalil Shakir, you, you don't really necessarily have those other threats there as well. So to me, I, I think Buffalo probably is just going to end up getting priced out of the Gabe Davis business because you guys know this is how free agency works. We sit here in January and February and we're like, oh, man, look at all of these guys, especially at the receiver position, that are available. And then come March 5th, when the franchise tag deadline gets, you know, is passed, a lot of these guys get wiped off the board. So Gabe could end up being, even if he's a flawed player, like receiver three or, 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 or so mm-hmm. in that are actually going to truly hit the market behind guys like Marquise Brown or Calvin Ridley, who I think has a chance to hit the market. 
Somebody's going to end up paying a lot for him, uh, and, and I think that, that Buffalo will end up probably getting priced out of that. Matt Harmon, Reception Perception, Yahoo uh, NFL and Yahoo Fantasy on the Western Hotline with us. Boy, that's excellent analysis on, on Davis. Um, and furthermore, he is, to me, not someone who can develop into being your number one. So, like, no. paying him – like, I don't know, Christian Kirk's contract or something just seems insane to me. I, I, I imagine some team is going to do it, right? Would, would, you, would you expect, well, you just said it, right? He could be the second, third, or fourth guy on the board by the time we get to actual free agency. But, boy, I just wouldn't want to touch a second contract with him. Yeah, that's so. That is so tough because again, it's. I think there is a value to a player like Gabe Davis. To me, if we're talking like eighteen million a year, which you know Christian Kirk ended up getting that money, and people balked at that contract at the time. I, you know, I didn't expect him to get paid like that. Don't get me wrong, but I like Christian Kirk as a player. Yeah. But like this is this is the beauty of receivers, and and why it's also tough to talk about them kind of in the same space because. What Christian Kirk does really well is so different than what Gabe Davis does really well, right? And, like, the reason I like Christian Kirk signing, even at an inflated price tag, which he's ultimately, I think, ended up being fine at, given what he's done in Jacksonville. Why I like the Jags doing this is, like, they had a quarterback that they needed to develop, number one overall pick, they need to develop him. Uh, and, and Christian Kirk is a guy that was going to create and give you layup targets. And that is kind of like the inverse of what Gabe Davis gives you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, I, I, I can't actually imagine many better pairings around the league for Gabe Davis than Josh Allen, uh, which, which is just tough from, I, I think, where he's going to go next. It'll be really fascinating to see. But he's not a guy that's going to create layups for quarterbacks. He's actually going to be a guy that invites and incentivizes higher degree of difficulty and lower percentage passes. Matt, I wanted to ask you too. Uh, like uh, Brandon Bean, over the last two off seasons, has sort of jokingly talked about, like, yeah, we're not going to be shopping in the big ticket stores. We are going to go into the bargain bins and try to find some players to piece together the roster. And they did so last year with two names of Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield. And you know, Trent Sherfield had a really good training camp for the Bills. There was a, he, he frankly turned heads during training camp. It just didn't translate into the regular season. And, you know, towards the end of the end of the year when Gabriel Davis was injured, um, he just he did not have the impact that I think people thought he might have in training camp. And obviously Hardy was paid to be like a guy that might compete or be the wide receiver three. It just never materialized, and Joe Brady's offense changed halfway through, and nothing changed with Hardy. He appears to me, or seems to me, like a like a maybe a cut candidate uh, for salary cap purposes. Do you have a name, two names, maybe that you might think from a bargain bin perspective when the when the heat of the top seven, top eight guys go, that the Bills might be standing there looking for a date to prom and needing a bargain bin guy to to pair with a rookie or pair of rookies to fill out the rest of their wide receiver roster. Well, I've always really liked Curtis Samuel. I've always been a big fan of his game. Now, his his problem has always been injuries, but he's a guy that I think can give you inside outside versatility. Um, I think is it's funny we've talked about with the Bills. They had Isaiah McKenzie, then they had uh, Deontay Hardy, and then like Curtis Samuel. I think it's like they're sort of evolving like Pokemon there in terms of the actual uh, actualized version of, of the theoretical player. I think Samuel's probably 
He needs a player that can beat man coverage. You can, again, you can line him up as a flanker. You can line him up as your slot receiver. Um, I don't personally want to take too many reps away from Khalil Shakir. So maybe that's a, a guy that they shy away from just because I think Samuel has been sort of that close to the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. slot player. But uh, but there is a connective tissue there. Uh, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, we know spend time in Carolina. Uh, that's where Curtis Samuel started his career was in Carolina. Uh, the last team that signed him was Ron Rivera, who signed just about everybody uh, that used to play for the – like if you played for the Panthers <laughs> under Ron Rivera, you also probably played for the Washington Commanders, Washington football team under Ron Rivera. So he's always a guy I really like. Uh, inside that division, too, Kendrick Bourne. Uh, he's coming off an ACL, so that is, uh, you know, something to, to consider. But at the same time, like if you're talking to me about, hey, would you rather sign Gabe Davis for $18 million, or would you rather sign uh, Kendrick Bourne for six, seven, eight million? I mean, I'm, I'm telling you Kendrick Bourne every single time just because he's a, he's a good route runner. He's a guy who knows how to beat man coverage. Uh, he's generally been a reliable player. I think he makes for like kind of a nice bargain bin player. You know, then you sort of get into the the Josh Reynolds of the world who I can't imagine Josh Reynolds doesn't end up right back in Detroit, you know, with guys that he knows and he's familiar with. But I've always been appreciative of his game as a solid possession outside receiver. Um, there are a couple of players I'll just throw out that are like restricted and exclusive rights for agents. So like these guys kind of get free very often, but my um, boy, Greg Dortch is interesting to me. Uh, Rashid Shahid is interesting to me. Juwan Jennings is a restricted free agent, but man, I've always, I've always really liked Juwan Jennings' game. And you know, he's just ultra reliable, dirty work type player. But um, yeah, something in that Kendrick Bourne, Curtis Samuel sort of like we're not quite in bargain basement territory, but we're also not breaking the bank for this player. Um, th- those guys are interesting to me. Where does Hollywood Brown fall uh, as far as the, the bins go? I ask because Mike is off today, but that's been kind of his idea. Whenever we talk receiver ideas, uh, that's a name that's come up a few times. So I was uh, eager to hear your thoughts on him. Yeah, shoot. See, he's like the guy that might end up being the best available player on the market. Like in, in my mind, uh, which, which, you know, I mean, depending on your opinion of Hollywood Brown, like my, you know, I don't know. Uh, I just mean I financially, that probably rules the bills out is, is why I made that sound. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that I, I think he ends up getting, and this is a player who's a former first round pick. He's had statistical success in the, in the NFL. And he's a guy that I do think is a little more role specific than he's been, um, than he's been casted so far. Uh, I like a lot of what the, this current Arizona Cardinals staff did on offense. I hated a lot of what the previous, you know, now commander's offensive coordinator, Cliff Kingsbury did on offense there, especially with Hollywood Brown. Like this is a guy that should be lined up in the slot. He should be lining up off the line of scrimmage. You want to get him running against zone coverage. You don't want to have him running against physical press man coverage on the outside, which again, I think that's what the bills need. They need somebody with more size that can win against man. And, and if we, need to give digs reps off the line and in the slot. Like you need somebody that's going to take those, those snaps outside to me. Number one, I don't think Hollywood Brown's going to be in their price range, but I also kind of not sure just about the, the fit there. Well, Matt, where can we, well, what's next for you and where can we find it? Well, the good news is all of these players we talked about, whether they ended up being uh, when they ended up getting franchise tagged or not, they're all going to get profiles on receptionperception.com. That's the next player drop. The first player drop of the offseason is always free agents and uh, franchise tag candidates. And if anyone is traded in this period uh, in early March, they end up going on the website as well. So that's really what's, what's coming up. And then, uh, again, Bill fans are going to be excited about the receivers in the draft. That's the next, guys that are, next group of guys getting dropped March 25th, earlier than ever. Nobody loves to push up a timeline and make uh, make work harder than 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 me. So uh, right. I, I'm pushing up the deadline for 
draft prospects this year. All those guys will be up on receptionperception.com. Real quick, is there is there a receiver in this draft class that you like or, or maybe even two or three for the Bills specifically? Uh, yeah, Bills are, are not going to have a shot at those top three guys. Right. But, uh, you know, Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, and Roma Dunze. Uh, I, I'm a big a Dunze fan specifically. I mean, I like all three of those guys. They, they all are probably going to get top ten grades from me. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Thomas from LSU, I will say, I think he would probably require a little bit of a trade-up for them. Um, but he has someone I've, I've started working on. And, like, that, when I, when I think about what Buffalo needs, I think that Brian Thomas is – rather perfect for that because he is that big perimeter X receiver that we talked about. And he put, didn't just exclusively play X in college, but like, I think he has the skills to hack it out there as an X receiver. He can beat man coverage. He's a little bit T Higgins ish, but more limited as a, as a route runner. Like that's the perfect guy to say, Hey, right now you're going to have a year one role that you're going to beat man coverage. You're going to make big plays down the field. And we're also going to develop you and add to your route acumen. And just like whatever 14 is doing over there, like do that. Like take, hopefully he takes you under his wing and can develop you long-term. And maybe in a couple of years when, when Diggs is ready to move on or he, you know, we're looking at his contract or whatever, then Brian Thomas is your number one or, 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 or you know, high-end number two receiver. Like typologically, that's the type of player they should be looking at. Excellent job, Matt. Thanks. We kept you long. Appreciate it as always and look forward to the next visit. Hey, I appreciate you guys as always. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is a great discussion about a ton of different players. So uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Sweet. All right, there you go. Matt Harmon, Reception Perception, Yahoo Fantasy and Yahoo NFL coverage. And uh, yeah, a, a, a semi-regular at this point. Um, and I'm I'm pretty confident we'll be touching base with him before the draft again to go over this receiver class in more depth. All right, anything you heard there you want to react to, Nate and I will pour over a bunch of it as we continue here. 803-0550 is the phone number, <coughs> excuse me, if you'd like to join us. Again, Nate Geary in for Mike. I am the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 